This evening we start with this beautiful, beautiful Mary the Mother of God theme. And you know, I'm always struck by a couple of things because we take it all very light. We have this beautiful picture of, of them in the, in the stable and all that. Mary did not want to give birth to her child in a stable any more than you would want to do it today. It was part of the sacrifice she made. She didn't want to flee into Egypt, but she had to for the safety of her son. She did not have an easy life, but she did it because she knew she needed to do it for the sake of her son. And so she did it. Even at Christmas, it's not always easy. It's not life. It's not about life being easy, always being comfortable. Sometimes things at Christmas go down pretty fast. I had a niece one time who wanted a doll, and she got it. And then at Christmas, she said, that wasn't the one I wanted. And so my aunt, or my sister, said, that's fine. There's a lot of kids who would like it. And she took it out of the room. And she never saw that doll again. And she would say, that scarred me, Mom. And she said, I could have scarred you a lot worse than that. But the thing is, life is not supposed to be easy. It's tough at times. And yet, we just have to keep doing what we know is the right thing to do. Because we can. That's the challenge. Because we can do the right thing. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. In fact, if you're doing everything the easy way, you are not on the road to salvation because it's not going to be easy for salvation because it was not easy for Jesus Christ. And as I was reflecting upon that a number of years ago, I was called up to a hospital to anoint a man who had overdosed on a lot, a lot of pills and fallen asleep at his home. And the next morning, his wife woke up and realized she couldn't wake him up, and she saw all these pill bottles empty. So they called and got an, an, an ambulance, took him to home hospital, and I went in to anoint him. And as I anointed him, I didn't think anything about it. I anointed him like I've anointed every other person I've ever anointed, and it seemed like just a typical anointing. But then a couple days later, you realize you know, it was more the hand of God. You, you realized there was something special about this anointing. But the very next day, I went into the hospital to check on him. And remember, this is my first year of priesthood, so I'm 26 years old, don't know squat, and still don't know that much, truth be known. And, and so I went into his room, and there was this man standing on a treadmill. So I turned and walked out, and I went to the nurse's station, and I said, did you move his room or did he die? What happened? And she said, that's him. Well, you know, when somebody's laying down, they look very different than a person standing on a treadmill, especially when it's a man who you believe is dying or has died as you're standing over looking at him. And so <clears throat> he looks at me and he says, you must be Father Dan. And I said, well, yes, I am. And he said, I guess I owe you a lot. And I said, I have no idea what you are talking about. And so I went back out to the nurse's station where I'm talking to her, and she said, everybody's talking because they think they got a miracle last night. And I said, it was no miracle. It was not a miracle. And she said, well, you've got to explain that to Dr. So-and-so because he, who is a Jewish man and a wonderful doctor, said he should be dead 
and he's not dead. So you tell Father Dan when he gets here, I want to talk to him. And so I, I talked to him, and it, we had a very nice conversation. He said, what did you do? And I said, I gave him the anointing of the sick. And he said, you know, I'm a Jew. And I said, yes, I know that, doctor. And he said, when I go, is there any chance I can get that? <laughs> I said, it all depends. We can talk about it, okay? Um, but I tell you that because we never know. We never know how God's hand is working. But we keep on doing the right thing just because that draws us ever closer to Christ. And Mary is the perfect example of that. She didn't want to have to go through any of these things. She was young. She wanted to have a normal life. And God said, I need you. And she said, okay. That's the challenge of this gospel for us today. When God says to us, what are we saying? Are we saying okay or we're we saying, I'll get back to you when it's a more comfortable question. Now, I tell you all of this because 25 years later, about 25 years later, I got called to the hospital. I'd left, come here, and now I was back in Lafayette. And it was that same man. Now, he looked very different, but I knew his name, so I knew it was him. <clears throat> and I walked in, and he said, Well, Father, what do you think? And I said, What do you think? And he said, This time, I'm ready for heaven. And I said, His wife's sitting right there. And I said, How are you? And she said, He's ready. I'm not. But it's okay, because we know where we're going. And I've, I've often thought about that. You know, they had 25 years to wrestle with this whole thing in their minds, and most of us don't get that. So it's a matter of doing the right thing every day of our life. And then being free to say, I'm okay. That's the key to life. When you are ready, the trip is easier. Because you don't have to running around screaming and yelling and saying, get me a priest, get me a priest. You know, I've told everybody, once the judgment day comes, don't come running to the rectory because we're all going to confession to each other and forget the rest of you. <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, in reality here, we are called today, today, to follow Jesus Christ, who we know is the way and the truth and the life. And so the question becomes to us, are we doing the right things at the right time for the right people because we are followers of Jesus Christ and is my daily life a reflection of the fact that I love God and I follow his son